Hello, and welcome to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. I'm Gib Gerard, alongside none other than John Tesh. How you doing? All right. All right, our guest this I'm ready week- to go keto, man. I'm, 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 well, I am keto, but I'm ready to, to be encouraged more. Yeah, you, as, as well you should be. So our guest this week is Dr. Mary Newport. She's not like doctor as an honorific. She is an actual medical doctor. She's a neonatologist. But her story, how she came to the ketogenic diet, is pretty fascinating. Her late husband was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and she came across this. She made, she designed her own. She's very scientific, so she actually did like a trial on her own husband to find the right ratio of MCT to coconut oil, but got him his brain improved enough to be able to qualify for certain trials just using ketogenic supplements, and 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 in doing so, learned as much as anybody I've ever talked to about the ketogenic diet, and found I found out in talking to her, and you'll hear this in the interview, but. That they were using MCT oil when she was when she was a doctor, which she still is a doctor. When she was just a doctor, didn't know about the ketogenic diet, they would use MCT oil in 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 uh, preemie's infant formula in order to help them gain weight faster and in order to help oh, them, uh, help awesome. their brains grow faster. That's amazing. So she is, uh, you know, a lot of people. Uh, I've heard this said about the ketogenic diet. If you're interested in the ketogenic diet, this is an ep- interview you need to hear. She is very scientific, but also very personal because. She um, she has this amazing story about her husband and how she found the diet and how it improved his life. So she really has both sides of it, and and she, you, she really is attached to to the the positive mental benefits of the diet. But one of the things I always say about the keto diet is you come for the weight loss, but you stay for the mental acuity yeah, for the mental yeah, benefits. Yeah. And this is all about that. This is all about how much better your brain is going to be and how much this diet does to not only help stave off. Alzheimer's and ALS and MS and those kinds of, and those inflammation based diseases, but also how even if you have a diagnosis, how much it can stretch out your your time and how much quality of life the ketogenic diet can give you. And she again has the personal and the professional stories to back it up, and she's pretty amazing. Speaking of personal, can I ask you a personal uh, question? Uh, when when you were when you went on stage, the last two concerts, right? So Rancho Cucamonga yeah. and also Palm Springs. When you went on stage and you were at about, I don't know, twice the speed and mental acuity, uh, and you're you're normally pretty quick, but you were like super duper quick. Were you were you fasting then? Were you I keto? Wasn't, keto? I wasn't. You had... well, what the heck was that? I know. Look, I'm I'm warming up. First of all, I haven't, we haven't been on the road in a while. I was warming. up. And by the way, if you'd like to see us on the road, teshmusic.com, mm-hmm. you can see us live. Yeah, you can yeah. see the energy that John is talking about. But no, I was just, I got there and I was like, I need to warm up this audience. I want, we are testing stuff for the upcoming PBS special. So I wanted to make sure that the audience was as hot as possible. So I came out with as much energy so you'd have the audience you needed to really test your job. The problem was I had to lift my game because the audience (laughs) was at a, was at a boil. Uh, But, but you do, you, you do, you do have more energy when you're fasting. Oh, no question. When you're fasting. No question. Because, you know, and the, the cool thing about being keto and fasting and, and Mary will say this a lot better than I can. The cool thing about being keto and, keto and fasting is that when you are fat adapted, you don't get the energy drop that comes with fasting. Like, you know, but you also don't, when you're, I find that I get like this little boost of energy when I'm fasting where I, I'm, I'm not wasting the energy on digesting food, that like extra blood that has to go to my stomach and my liver and help me digest mm-hmm, food. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the flip side of that is that I don't have the energy that I get from food. So it's kind of this weird zone you're trying to find. When you're ketogenic, a.k.a. fat adapted, you don't get the lull from fasting. It's just the energy boost yeah. and yeah. Uh, for, for the most part, for the first few days. So. And when Gibbs says, uh, and this will all be explained, but when Gibbs says fat adapted, he means your body, instead of burning carbohydrates, right. it's, it's been adapted so it's burning uh, fat. 
uh, good fats, which is which is much more productive for right. not, not only for your brain but also right. for for energy. And you're not burning glucose. Right, right, exactly. So, but uh, before we get uh, get started, uh, there's a there's a piece I wanted to uh, bounce off of you because this really has you written all over. It's from psychologist Dara Schwartz, uh, and she studies uh, neural connections. And she says if you want a simple way to snap out of a brain fog at work, you just do this. You switch your computer mouse, for example, to the opposite side. So, for example, you'd be for me, I'd be clicking the mouse with my non-dominant hand, and it uh, actually hacks. The, an increase in the number of nerve fibers in your brain for more mental boost. Look, I feel like we've, we've done versions of this story a thousand times on the air. Brush your teeth with your left hand. Basically, what you want to do, or drive a different route home from work, what you want to do is you want to break up your brain's sort of uh, preconceived, pre-grooved dendrites right. and, and, and force your brain to concentrate and think. And that's going to, again, open up the mental energy for you to be able to do this. I, there's a caveat, though. Do this if you are... Filling in an Excel spreadsheet, switch to the left hand. Mm-hmm. If you are, if you're a professional gamer and your and your income is on the line, don't use the left hand. If mm-hmm. you're are, if you're a, a surgeon uh, using one of those big Da Vinci surgical machines, don't switch hands. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, I want that extra mental yeah, boost. Like, yeah. get your mental boost somewhere else yeah. when lives are on the line and livelihoods. Do it. Do something different. Give us talking about the Da, fin- the da Vinci uh, Robo surgery. Uh, yeah, 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 what is it? Uh, Radical laparoscopic robotically assisted prostate remover. Well, it, it's not just for prostate. <laughs> Remove mine. Yeah, it's it's it, it yeah, can do all kinds of stuff yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, one more piece, and and uh, since uh, everybody's talking about about Game of Thrones, uh, apparently, OK Cupid, you know the dating site, the dating app. I'm, I, I mean, I've heard of it. I'm not. Yeah. Okay. So they've discovered that uh, that if somebody mentions in their profile that they watch Game of Thrones that they get 20% to 30% more likes. And so now they've created a badge. It's a, a Game of Thrones badge. Okay, Cupid has. You can put the badge on your, uh, on your profile, and so you'll, you'll, it'll be an attractant for more dates. So it absolutely will be. And this, I love this. The only thing it's missing is you need to know what house people are loyal to. Because if you're, you know, if you're, if you're a Stark, you don't want to be dating somebody who's pro-Lannister. Right, you know right, you, you, right. Th- that show right. is very polarizing. Right. But I do love about this on a serious note. I do love because again, I think television shows and movies have have kind of changed in how micro focused they are now. It used to be used to be everybody. They just it was the broad. It was broadcasting. It was very broad. So you all of the stuff was on the three networks, and and everybody watched it right. one way or the yeah, other. Yeah. Now it's very narrow. Yes. Right? People are yep. into very specific kinds of shows. Yep. So yep. if you want to watch shows about improving houses and buying new appliances, you can fill 24 hours a day of watching that yeah. stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. If you want to watch shows about dragons, you can fill 24 yep. hours a day watching yep. shows about knights and dragons. So what kind of show you're into is going to say a lot about the kind of relationship you're going to have. And I think you really, I think it is a good thing to have on your OK Cupid profile. If you're not into Game of Thrones, you got no business dating a Game of Thrones person. Yeah. You're, also, it's if a you lot put of wasted the, time. Yeah. You, if you hear this and you put the Game of Thrones badge on your, yeah. pro, your profile, you better be able to deliver. Oh, yeah. You better can, know who yeah, Tyrion oh, Lannister is can, and all those guys. Can you imagine if oh, you lied and, and, and you go on the yeah. first date and somebody's yeah. dressed up as Daenerys and yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. uh, cool costume. Are you, are you Elsa? <laughs> <laughs> are, are you Yoda? <laughs> Elsa. Yeah. But, well, and there's, there's also a lot of information now coming out of uh, these dating apps that uh, if somebody would, would avoid dating you. If, like, for example, if you weren't watching the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, oh. right? Yeah, they, you wouldn't have anything to talk about. Well, because again, very narrow yep. focused shows yep. that are v- with yep. high production value. And if you're not into the same shows, 
well, what, are you, what are you guys going to do? You're going to read together? Yeah. Yeah. It's 2019. <laughs> Here's what's great about what's coming up with Dr. Mary Newport and, and, and Gib is that we, we have so many people who have heard us talk about the ketogenic diet. We talked about it in interviews. We talk about it on the stage. And people are looking for the complete informational guide for ketones. Yes. And, and so Mary wrote, Dr. Newport wrote, The Complete Book of Ketones. It's going to come alive here in moments. Call your friends. Yes. Email them. Text them. Make sure you share this because uh, this is this, this is it. And you can hurt yourself. You should know if you just make up your own ke- uh, ketogenic diet, mm-hmm. you can hurt yourself. You can end up at the doctor. But this is going to be awesome. I can't wait. And she is, again, both personal and technical. So if you, it, it, to me, she's got it all because it's a very close story for her. But she's got the scientific bona fides to be able to back it up. Ladies and gentlemen, Gip Gerard and Dr. Mary Newport. So happy to have Dr. Mary Newport here with us today. Mary, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Oh, you are very welcome. Uh, hey, thank you for inviting me on, Gib. You're, you, it's my pleasure. So you have we, we got connected because of a guy, Frank Yosa, who created Ketone Aid, which is ketone esters. And, and obviously, like the ketogenic diet is so unbelievably popular this year, uh, more than any other year. And I, I've been doing it for a couple of years and got kind of backed into it. Um, but I feel like it's really, really taking off. And you have written... Over over the last several years, you've written a lot of books about it, and particularly about um, about the about the role of ketones uh, and, and the ketogenic diet in in brain degenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Um, and and you your new book, the complete book of ketones. And I have to say, links by the way to all of her books in the show notes. I have to say, uh, this is a complete book of ketones. This is one of the most uh, comprehensive. Uh, ketogenic diet books I have ever I have ever gone through, and I have not read all of it uh, just based on when it came out versus when we're talking. And then, and but I have I have read enough of it to know that you really, really know your stuff when it comes to the ketogenic diet. Ah, uh, thank you, Gib. <laughs> now, you in in your book, you very publicly talk about this, and um, and in a couple of articles I've seen you written, uh, you have a very personal story of how you found the ketogenic diet, which has been around, for those of you that don't know, it's been around for over 100 years. It was started originally, if I'm correct, to combat uh, epilepsy at Johns Hopkins and juvenile epilepsy. Is that right? Um, right. Up in the Northeast there, Johns Hopkins um, uh, was a big proponent of it. Um, they discovered it actually at the Mayo Clinic and used it for epilepsy um, starting around 1921 with success, Mm. you know, and these were children that weren't responding to the um, few anticonvulsants that were available at the time. But John Hopkins picked up the reins and they um, had kept it going um, all this time for a century now. And now it's unbelievably popular as as a weight loss aid. But again, you have a very, and I'd like to get into this, uh, if you don't mind, you have a very personal story of how you got started with the ketogenic diet. Right. Um, so we go back to 2008 with this. And um, as you said, I'm a physician. I'm a neonatologist, which is a doctor that takes care of sick and premature newborns. Practiced for 30 years in Florida in uh, newborn ICUs. And my husband, Steve, was an accountant, and that worked like perfectly for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was able to work from home for my practice and take care of our children when I ran out for emergencies. And um, But he, when he was only 51 years old, he started having very obvious problems with his memory and um, getting certain things done, uh, procrastinating, but, you know, big payroll mistakes and then he started forgetting if he'd been to the bank and the post office. Uh, it became very disturbing, and um, it, you know, continued to worsen over several years. And 
then yeah. he was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's disease. It was just devastating. And hmm. he was only 54 when he was officially diagnosed with it. And that's, I mean, that's, that's crazy. That is, that has got to turn your whole world upside down. So you, it did. Yeah. You, you get this diagnosis. And, and at that point, what is At that point, you're thinking it, this is absolutely degenerative. There is no, mm-hmm. it's just every year is going to get worse. Right. Right. Uh, you know, we thought we'd live out our golden years and, you know, it looked like we wouldn't even make it to retirement together. Um, you know, uh, the average lifespan after diagnosis is about seven years. And somebody that has early onset, it tends to be even shorter than that. Mm. So uh, we didn't look like we had a very rosy future ahead of us. So what did you, how did that, how did that land you? Uh, how did you get to the ketones from there? Yeah. Well, he continued to get worse. Uh, yeah, he was an accountant and he loved computers. He always had to have the fastest, uh, was on them all day. Uh, but by 2008, so about um, seven years into this problem, he was, uh, he couldn't even turn a computer on, use mm. a calculator, simple math. And we were looking constantly for clinical trials. You know, there was always um, this message out there from like the Alzheimer's Association that there would be a cure within five years. We heard that every right, year, right. within five years. And the only medications that were available um, maybe slowed down the dis- progress of the disease for some people for six months, mm. uh, but never uh, claimed to improve memory or cognition. So um, when uh, two studies came along at the same time, uh, we wanted him to obviously try to get in on and possibly be one of the first people to get these promising drugs. And so he was scheduled to screen for uh, two days in a row for these two different uh, clinical trials. And the night before the first screening, I got on the Internet and I was looking for the risks and benefits of the two drugs uh, to help us choose but I just happened purely by chance on a press release about a medical food that was being tested that was going to come out, as it turns out, about a year later. And they claimed that it improved the memory and cognition of almost half the people with Alzheimer's that took it. Mm. And I'm like, I have to find out what this is. So I um, got on the Internet and I looked for their and I found their patent application. It was a very lengthy um like 75 page document. And they talked about a concept of Alzheimer's that I hadn't heard about before, uh, that it was a type of diabetes of the brain, um, that, Oh, interesting. Right. So there are areas of the brain and Alzheimer's that do not take up glucose normally. Um, these areas are deficient in insulin and insulin resistant. And it's very similar to type two diabetes that, um, glucose, uh, can get needs insulin to get into cells. Insulin is required, and if you're insulin resistant, that's not happening. You know, so um, literally these these neurons, these brain cells, are starving because they don't have fuel to um, create this molecule called ATP. That's an energy molecule that every cell needs to carry out its functions. Right, which is the, it, the basic building block. It's the basic energy unit for our cells. Right. So um, over time, this prog- becomes more and more progressive. It, it's, it spreads throughout the brain until it's, it's literally throughout the brain in the last stages of Alzheimer's. And the brain just isn't functioning due to a lack of fuel. Hmm. 
So um, that's part of the problem. There are plaques and tangles in the brain. And for years, that's where the research has all been focused, you know, for many years. And so this idea of diabetes of the brain has, you know, come into play more recently. And, mm -hmm. and even the Alzheimer's Association is finally recognizing, okay, maybe there is something to this. And they had a session on it at um, one of their recent conferences, which was amazing. But so many years later. Um, so back to Steve, um, I learned about this. Uh, that um, uh, Dr. Samuel Henderson, who's a PhD and his mother died of Alzheimer's, had the idea, what if you used MCT oil, medium chain triglyceride oil, to help people with Alzheimer's, would this have an impact on their memory? And the thing about medium chain triglycerides is that when you consume them, mm -hmm. part of this is converted in the liver to ketones. Right. And Ketones are an alternative fuel for the brain. Right. And the most common um, situation in which this happens in humans is uh, when we're starving or fasting. Right. Um, or if we're eating a very low carb, higher fat diet, such as a ketogenic diet, um, we will start making ketones. And the brain can use ketones as fuel. You know, in a, a normal, regular, higher higher carb diet, which most people eat, you know, especially in the U.S., mm -hmm. um, Glucose is the predominant fuel for the brain, right. and we're almost never in ketosis, right. you know, with that type of a diet. Well, so and we also like we, food is so unbelievably abundant in modern society, right. uh, and so full of sugar. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, because we you know we have this we have this processed food mechanism in our in our in the Western world that yeah. was part of it was developed during World War II to make uh -huh. food for the troops. But we have this processed food mechanism, and right. we we just feed it, and what we feed into that are subsidized crops like corn, wheat, soy, and sugar. And right. the, and that and that is like that's why we have such a carb heavy uh, carb heavy modern diet and it's it, we're feeling the consequences of that now. Right. And uh, about, you know, in around in the 1820s people ate about 6 pounds per year on average of added sugar and now it's over 130 pounds per Stop year it. of added sugar. Added Stop sugar. It. That doesn't count the carbs that are naturally in the foods. Yeah, massive change. And, um, you know, so obesity has been on the rise, diabetes, dementia, you know, a number of diseases like that, you know, have been that are related to sugar, you know, are on the rise. Yeah. So so you come across this MCT oil concept and the uh -huh. the idea of using fat for fuel, which right. uh, which I am, I mean, I just full disclosure for everybody listening you know, I have been ketogenic for over a year with John. We we've been doing that for a long time. Um, it is it has an amazing amount of health benefits and really uh, some really great things for the brain. But MCT oil is a key supplement that we use, and we found it from other doctors. So how did you come across this idea of MCT oil to combat that diabetes of the brain? Right to get the right. glucose out of the brain. And um, uh, for those of you who are not medical. There's something called the blood-brain barrier, and it is a membrane uh, that that prevents certain size molecules from crossing from your bloodstream into your into your brain, into the neurological part of your brain. And so, um, a lot of people like there's a lot of drugs that never actually get to your brain, uh, but ketones can cross the blood-brain barrier. So if you have high right. blood ketones, you have high brain ketones. Right. In fact, the higher they are, the greater the uptake of ketones uh, to provide energy is to the brain. The right. higher the blood levels are. So you come across this idea that you're going to want to get Steve on a different set of fuel 
to help combat the Alzheimer's. Uh, and right. and we're the picking up your story, we were the night before the trial at this point. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, so I'm reading about this MCT oil, and I knew what it was uh, because I'm a neonatologist. Uh, mm. We used to add it to the feedings of our tiniest preemies. Oh, really? Literally every feeding, yeah, back in the um, late 70s, early 1980s, because they absorbed it very well, and they would grow faster, and they would get home faster. And then the um, infant formula manufacturers started making premature formulas and adding MCT oil directly to them. Wow. And Yes. And um, one of the things I found out that I did not know uh, before reading the patent application was that MCT oil is extracted from coconut oil right. or palm kernel oil. And um, those are both added to infant formulas. All, all, Virtually all infant formulas in the world um, have, um, M, you know, coconut oil and and or palm kernel oil wow. and often MCT oil. And it's because human breast milk has MCTs, medium chain triglycerides in it. Really? I didn't know they're that. They're trying to mimic. Yep. They're trying to mimic human breast milk. So they add um, these other oils um, to the formulas to try to mimic human breast milk. Oh, cool. <laughs> so you knew about MCT oil and, and uh-huh. you give it to him. Yeah. Well, what happened was, um, you know, I learned it, it came from coconut oil. I didn't know you could get MCT oil. I thought, oh, this was something we had available in the hospital. Right. You know, it's probably not available. But I did know we could get coconut oil. And what happened was I'm reading this patent application, and it's about 1 a.m., and he's scheduled at 9 a.m. for this screening for this clinical trial. And mm-hmm. so I didn't have time to do anything about that. So he had it literally a day before and a day after starting coconut oil set of tests. <laughs> and um, so we went, and he needed to get 16 points on a 30-point test called the mini mental status exam, mm. which is a memory test where if you're normal, you get 30 points. Well, he scored only 14 and needed 16 points. And so he did not qualify. And we were devastated. Um, as you might imagine, this was our great hope that he'd get into a drug trial. Right. And so on the way home, I picked up, uh, we went by and picked up some coconut oil. And uh, when we got home, I had to go back to my freshman biochemistry and learn what are the medium chain triglycerides. And then I was able to find um, a food composition uh, fatty acid composition of coconut oil on a USDA website, and I figured out that coconut oil was roughly 60%, that's 60% medium-chain triglycerides. So I figured out how much coconut oil we would need to give him to try to um, provide 20 grams of medium-chain triglycerides that right. they were using in this as this medical food in their clinical trials for the medical food, and um, that worked out to a little over two tablespoons so here's the next, here's the good news uh-huh. for everybody listening out there. You do not need to do these calculations anymore. You can buy. Uh, right. You can buy. First of all, you can get the book, and and uh-huh. but secondly, you can buy MCT oil in a in a bottle and and get this you know and measure it out instead of having to do all of this. You don't need to take right. freshman biochemistry <laughs> and go to medical school. Just right, FYI. right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, eventually I found out. I mean, you know, uh, a couple of weeks later that I could actually get it on Amazon. Oh gosh! <laughs> and now it's available. It's widely available. Oh yeah, I have point, it on my it Amazon subscribe and save. Yeah, it wasn't that easy to to find it back then. Mm-hmm. That this was uh, almost eleven years ago. So, um, so the next day uh, in the morning, I gave him a little over two tablespoons of coconut oil with his breakfast. 
and he was scheduled about three hours later for testing and we went for that and um, he we were in a different city a different facility but he remembered he gained four points on the test and he qualified wow. for the study yeah wow yeah, he remembered, he knew the day of the week, even though it was a different day. He knew what town we were in, different city, wow. different facility, what floor he was on, and the season he remembered. And those were things he couldn't remember the day before. And um, it was like, what was this just good luck? Or did he, um, <laughs> or was it really the coconut oil? But I thought, you know, this is worth, you know, keeping this going. And so I started reading everything I could get my hands on, cookbooks, um, uh, you know, I and, you know, giving him a dose every morning, always, you know, a little over two tablespoons to start mm-hmm. with and then started cooking with it throughout the day. And I thought, you know, my rationale was, um, you know, one of the things with MCT oil is the ketone levels go up and they peak at about 90, you know, minutes to maybe two hours, depending on the person. Right. But after three or four hours, the ketone levels are gone if you only take one dose a day. So what does your brain do the other 20 or 21 hours of the day mm-hmm. if your brain needs ketones? So I thought, you know, wh- why don't we just start adding this to each of his meals? Right. You know, and increase how much he's getting. And eventually uh, he was getting it four times a day. And I did start adding MCT oil to it. Um because MCT oil is more ketogenic. The ketone levels peak higher than coconut oil. Right. Well, it's because there's nothing else. There's no extra stuff to digest. It's just the fat. Right. And then, um, but coconut oil, uh, we found this out. I, I started talking with Dr. Richard Veach of the NIH who was developing a ketone ester at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a world, he is, I would say, the world expert, the original world expert on ketones, um, studying them intensively since the 1990s. And whether there are any therapeutic benefits. So, um, you know, he um, was pushing me to give him just MCT oil, but I thought, you know, there might be something else about coconut oil, and that's what he actually improved with in the beginning. So I was right. reluctant to give that right. up. So I started literally mixing them in the same bottle together. <laughs> Why not? It's just more of one ingredient of the other, right? Yeah, and the, it's the cool thing is, you know, coconut oil tends to be uh, kind of creamy, and if it comes in contact with anything cold, it turns into chunks like right away. Um, so you need to kind of put it in foods that are warmer. Uh, but MCT oil is liquid at room temperature. When you mix them together, it's liquid at room temperature, and you can use them in almost any food. So this is what I started doing and um, also cooking with whole coconut oil um, and, um, you know, just pushing it up slowly but surely. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, we were lucky that Steve didn't have a bad reaction to that much coconut oil the first time, but some people— Some people have dietary like, distress. Yes, dietary. It's very significant dietary yes. distress. And in fact, we've talked about this on. We've done a couple of podcasts about the ketogenic diet, uh-huh. um, and I'll link back to some of those episodes in the show notes as well. But one of the things that that you, what you're kind of referring to is something called the ketogenic flu, which is as you're increasing these this amount of unprocessed fat in your diet, uh, particularly coconut oil and and MCT oil, like you're talking about, your body doesn't initially know how to process that much fat, right. and you get something called the ketogenic flu. Where you yeah. feel you feel bad, and your body is just kind of uh, what's what's the what's a, a polite way of saying it? it's just it's releasing a lot of the food that you're intaking and not actually not actually absorbing it. It takes a minute, right? Coming out the other end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it does not um, feel good, and, and but there yeah. is another side of it. You get to the other side of it. Yeah. So um, I I tell people to start it very slowly, like a half to one teaspoon, two or three mm-hmm. times a day with food. Mm-hmm. 
And, um, you know, that will help. And just to increase it slowly, uh, because about one out of four people will react that way. And you don't know if it's going to be you or not. So it was me. It's worth it with you. (laughs) And we found with Steve, I mean, as we pushed it much higher amounts that he did sometimes have a problem and then we would just step back you know, wait a couple of weeks at that level and then try, you know, to go a little more slowly increasing right. it again. And right. eventually, you know, he was tolerating quite a bit. You know, we were somewhere around nine or 10 tablespoons a day of uh, coconut and MCT oil. That's a lot of oil. It is a lot of oil. Yeah. And the other interesting thing that happened is uh, we were on a Mediterranean diet, both of us already for a couple of years at this point. We had kind of gone to a whole food healthy, you know, whole grain, Mediterranean diet, much more vegetables. Lots of olive oil um, in there too. Yeah. uh, But fruit's part of that diet. And he was eating a tremendous amount of fruit, which I, looking back, think that he, his brain was craving glucose. I mean, he would stand at the sink and eat one piece after another of fruit. Right. Right. And that stopped almost right away when we started doing this with the, um, the, the oils. Oh, interesting. So his his fruit intake went down because I one uh-huh. of the th- one of the deals with the ketogenic diet that a lot of people have a hard time with is when you you know you can there's a lot of stuff you can eat you can eat a lot of bacon you can eat a lot yeah. of butter and we'll talk right. about good fats versus bad fats later but yeah. but when if you're going keto for uh, any number of reasons there's a lot of really fun stuff that is built into the diet avocado bacon butter mm-hmm. um, even you know even meats cooked in butter vegetables cooked in butter like that's all a part of it but one of the things you cannot have that on any other diet would be perceived as healthy is high fructose, high glycemic fruits. Um, right. Uh, you know, right. apples, peaches, pears. Yeah. Um, you get uh, very limited. I mean, you might be able to get a tiny slice of some of that in. But, right. Berries, you know, like, berries are yeah. okay. They're a little more tart right. and they have their own naturally occurring ketones as yeah. well. But but again, um, like it's it's kind of a crazy thing where you can't, uh, it's a diet that you, like an apple is unhealthy on the diet. Right. And he just started, you know, the other thing, too, was he would just leave bread behind and pasta and rice. He just wasn't eating it, you know, mm-hmm. which was really interesting. And so then I just started, you know, as I was learning more about the actual ketogenic diet, I, you know, I thought, well, if he's not even eating this, you know, let's see how he does without it and just not even putting it on his plate, you know. Um, and he he was perfectly happy eating that way. He loved it. And um, he knew he had Alzheimer's. He knew what he had been able to do and couldn't do. He was very aware of this the whole oh, wow. time. And and he said um, that one of the things that happened the day he started coconut oil was he felt like the light switch came back on in his brain. Oh, wow. Yep. And he developed hope for his future. Uh, he had been very, very depressed. And um, that lifted uh, very quickly. And uh, there were just so many things he could do. Uh, like almost uh, – during it was so obvious over the first four to five days, the change. He was much more alert. Um more energetic, just kind of bouncy down the hall instead of very sluggish and non-conversant in the morning. You know, he start, went back to whistling. You know, wow. a lot of people have kind of a dead look on their face. Yeah. And, and the, the animation came back in his face. He started whistling these great medleys that he used to whistle, so cool. telling jokes. It was just completely amazing. And he even had physical symptoms. He had um, developed a really stiff gait. Uh, where he would walk and he couldn't pick up his feet and run. And, and that normalized over about two months. Mm-hmm. And um, he could run again. And um, yeah, he had tremors that went away. Like when he would talk, his jaw would tremor. And when he was eating, his hand would tremor. And those went away. And then another 
crazy thing was um, he had a visual disturbance and hadn't been able to read for about a year and a half. And uh, he couldn't explain why to me until about three to four months into starting the coconut and MCT oil, he said, I can read again. And I said, well, what do you mean? Why couldn't you read? And he said, the words were shaking on the page. You know, he would look at it and the words were shaking around and that had stopped about three or four months after we started this and he could read again. And then around nine or 10 months, he started remembering what he had read several hours earlier and he couldn't even finish a sentence or remember what he was doing while he was doing it, you know, before we started this. So he had a very dramatic improvement over a year, um, you know, and that he, he stabilized after that. So I feel I, that's that's incredible. I, I feel yeah. like I feel like everybody at this point in their lives has someone in their life. Uh, the way that way that our diets have been in the Western world for so long has so you, everybody has someone in their life that has had some kind of degenerative brain issue that that can trace its it can trace its roots back to inflammation caused by too much sugar, or or and or somebody who's come into contact with type two diabetes and right. and the difficulties associated with that. And I, I feel like I'm putting words into your mouth now, but it, that, I feel like that's part of the reason why you wrote Alzheimer's disease. What if there was a cure? At, at yes. the, um, and you, the subtitle is the story of ketones. And I feel like we kind of just got uh, the Cliff's Notes version of that book right. in this story right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The first part of that book is um, what is Steve's story, you know, what happened with him. And it was remarkable. Um, you know, I, I uh, became overwhelmed, you know, that if he improves, other people with Alzheimer's will improve. Um, and why should they have to wait for a medical food that's going to be very expensive and they have to go to a doctor for it when it was right on the shelf, it was on the shelf. Yeah. And so, um, you know, first I wrote an article about it that ended up, uh, eventually turning into a news story about us that went viral. So the message started getting out and, um, you know, I did everything I could. I wrote to, to politicians and media people, everybody trying to, you know, uh, make, you know, give awareness of this idea of ketones as an alternative fuel for the brain and that they could get it as coconut or MCT oil or a ketogenic diet, you know, uh, back then. And, um, um, you know, I, I started hearing back then from other people and that was so gratifying. You know, right. when I heard back from that first person who had read the article and they decided, you know, she decided to try her mother who was 83, who was actually quite advanced. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was in bed, not eating, not talking, didn't recognize them. And over about two or three months of doing, just giving her coconut oil, she got up out of bed. She started recognizing them again and talking and then even started reading the newspaper again. It was just amazing. That's amazing. And then, you know, so I've collected probably close to 500 little case reports of people (laughs) that they have emailed me and told me, you know, what kind of symptoms they had before and what, you know, how it changed. And, you know, um, I think people are more likely to write to me if they had an improvement than if they didn't. I think some people say we saw absolutely nothing, you know, and that happens. And I I don't know why that happens with some people and not with others. But, um, you know, I had a, a man with ALS who, contacted me after he had been using coconut oil for a year and he had worked himself up to nine tablespoons and he had improved you know people with ALS go downhill very quickly and 90 percent of them have died within three to five years of diagnosis and here he was improving his mother had died from it and he had it and he was back to being able to walk again and um 
he could measure. He was doing all kinds of measurements and his muscle mass was increasing. And, um, you know, he contacted me a year. He said, I wanted to wait a year and make sure this was real <laughs> before I contacted you. And, you know, I heard from him. This was in 2009 that I first heard from him. And then I heard, um, you know, I've talked to him as recently as a year ago. And he's actually been amazingly stable, you know, very mm -hmm. minimal deterioration over that time. That is incredible. It, yeah. I think it's important to notice that I, 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 while there are a lot of great stories about this, that not everybody, one, can sustain the ketogenic diet, but two, has the same results. But right. But when you consider how many, and, and I got into the ketogenic diet, we talked a little bit about this before we started this interview. I got into the ketogenic diet by, uh, through a guy named Dr. Gundry, uh, and he, he believes wholeheartedly that most of the disease that we have, most of these diseases... Uh, everything from cancer to diabetes to these degenerative brain disorders that you're talking about, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and uh, ALS, MS, that inflammation is a big underlying yes. cause. Not not like single moments of inflammation, but chronic inflammation from a diet that is high in sugar for, for decades mm -hmm. leads to that degeneration, that plaque in the brain, those... the the deterioration of myelinated sheaths and all of the, the actual core causes of these diseases can be traced back to inflammation. And one cool thing about ketones is that they don't have the associated insulin shock inflammation response that sugar does in your bloodstream. Right. They're actually anti-inflammatory. Ketones, um, you know, they're alternative fuel for the brain, but they also enter other metabolic pathways. And some of those have to do with inflammation and they reduce inflammation like in several ways by inhibiting certain enzymes right. and by um, decreasing the production of what are called um, reactive oxygen species mm -hmm. that damage tissues. And they're also scavengers of these reactive oxygen species. They, they help uh, get rid of them. So ketones have uh, several different mechanisms by which they're anti-inflammatory. And as you said, you know, inflammation is an underlying problem to very many, probably most of the chronic diseases that, you know, people are dealing with. Yeah. And uh, uh, children, autism, um, you know, arthritis, uh, lung diseases, heart diseases, uh, and all of these brain diseases and diabetes. Inflammation is a major underlying feature of all of those and, um, you know, people say, well, how, how can ketones affect so many different diseases? And, right. you know, one of the answers is it's a very primitive, very basic fundamental fuel that drives the cell, helps the cell make ATP, as is, you know, glucose. Um, and, and it affects so many other um, metabolic pathways. And, you know, to basically allow cells to function the way that they need to function. Yeah. So, um, and, and you know, without, that's how it can be such a panacea. Right. Know? Well, I mean, and like when I was in I, I, just going back to biology from college and high school, I only ever learned the glucose cycle. You know, I right. didn't I didn't come into contact with the ketogenic cycle until much until the last couple of years. So this idea seems so foreign because when I was a kid you, in biology, you learn you eat the food uh, and it gets broken down into a combination of things. Uh, from amino acids to um, to little building blocks, the, the building blocks protein, and then everything else gets metabolized into the fiber gets passed, the waste gets passed, and the everything else gets gets broken down and turned into blood glucose. 
right. and that blood glucose then goes with the Krebs cycle into your cells, and that's where the ATP comes from. Uh, as Krebs cycle, there's oxygen, um, and and that's that's how cells work. There was I didn't know of this other pathway, and in learning right. about it, it, I found it so unbelievably fascinating. But it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting because ketones are smaller molecules than glucose, and glucose requires six additional steps before it gets to the cre- the Krebs cycle compared to ketones. Oh wow! Ketones enter very quickly into the the Krebs cycle, so they're they're more efficient at getting there. Um, they don't need, as I said, insulin to get into the cell. And some other facts that you might be interested in are that the fetal brain is already capable of using, they've studied as early as 12 weeks, you know, that there is the apparatus there to use ketones at 12 weeks into the pregnancy. Um, the, um, newborn, uh, who is strictly breastfed goes into ketosis. Wow. They're fat. They're fat when they're born. Uh, some of that fat is break, broken down to ketones. When they're breastfeeding, they're getting these medium chain triglycerides that are converted to ketones. And, um, ketones, even, uh, like uh, regular fats, longer chain fats, um, are converted to ketones before they enter the brain and they're used as the building blocks. Ketones are used as the building building blocks in the brains for cholesterol, which is extremely important in the brain, and the other lipids in the brain. So mm-hmm. ketones are needed um, to actually build the, uh, the newborn brain. Um, the mother who is pregnant and breastfeeding is naturally in ketosis. Wow. You know, which most people don't know. I didn't know that at all. (laughs) Yep. And women go into ketosis uh, more quickly than men if they're fasting or starving. So that that brings up another, a a bigger question that I want to talk about. I want to, you're talking about supplementing your husband with Alzheimer's, supplementing his diet with naturally occurring uh, fats. uh, Right. uh, Coconut oil and um, and medium chain triglyceride, pure MCT oil. the, there's another big part of the ketogenic diet, and that is fasting, intermittent fasting. Because I, uh, a lot of maybe you guys don't realize this, but the genesis of the ketogenic cycle in our body is for us to be able to burn fat for fuel as primitive humans uh, with, in dealing with food scarcity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have uh, we store some glucose in our bodies, but um, it doesn't last very long. We store it mainly right. in our liver and in our muscles and. Um, if you don't eat for somewhere between 10 to 14 hours overnight, you completely use up the glucose that's right. stored in your liver and you will start breaking down some fat and you will go into ketosis. So, um, that's kind of where the, the idea of doing an overnight fast came in to, mm-hmm. to try to help people get into some, uh, mild nutritional ketosis, we call it. Um, so, um, and a, with it, a longer fast as you know, the longer you fast, the, the more your ketone levels go up, you know, and this is uh, with the classic ketogenic diet that's used for epilepsy. They used to, um, not as much now as they used to, but they would start children with a fast, um, that would last for, you know, 24 to 48 hours, um, you know, to allow their ketone levels to go up. They would give them, you know, like, um, normal saline, some kind of IV fluid to keep Mm. them from getting dehydrated, but they would, um, do that to help get them as quickly as possible into ketosis and then start the classic ketogenic diet, which is about 90% fat Okay. and and enough protein to help them grow or maintain their lean body mass, depending on, on whether it's a child or an adult. And then very minimal carbohydrate in the classic diet. It's maybe 5% of the diet of the calories is carbohydrate. Right. 
Yeah. So fasting is a big part of that. And um, so, you know, uh, nowadays, you know, uh, some people, they'll they'll fast one day a week for 24 hours. There's Mm -hmm. so many different ways you can do this. But an overnight fast, you know, like every night, you know, for 12, 14 hours could be beneficial. (laughs) I I try to to not eat until about 4 p.m. every day. Now, I, I have Bulletproof coffee, which is I just use MCT oil in my coffee. And that's pretty much the only uh, only calories I intake. Um, that's that's how I get through intermittent fasting for myself. And I, I start off um, every day. Uh, I used to be a big breakfast person, like mm-hmm. wake up really hungry when I was eating a higher carb diet. <laughs> yeah. And um, so every day I do something similar to that. I have like um, MCT and coconut oil powder right. in my coffee right. <laughs> to start off the day. And that usually, you know, I can go then several more hours before I even get hungry yeah. again. It's really amazing. I mean, I don't, I legitimately don't get hungry until after 2 p.m. I don't even have to think about food with the, with the MCT oil in my coffee. Yep. And, you know, I, I'm, the same way and you know i i also do adhere to a ketogenic diet myself mm-hmm. and um you know something that a lot of people don't know is that there's l- really a wide spectrum of what you could call a ketogenic diet right um if you measure ketone levels um nutritional ketosis starts somewhere around 0.5 millimoles which doesn't mean anything until um uh, these are blood levels 0.5 millimoles mm-hmm. okay um, so if you're on the strictest form of the ketogenic diet, you might be at five millimoles. I've gotten up pretty high when I so was that's really 10 strict. times higher, yeah. you know, and that's what the strictest form and where you, your levels land in between, uh, depends mainly on what percentage of fat you're eating in relation to how, what percentage of carbohydrates you're right, eating. So right. you can you know, basically adjust those ratios, the, you know, to get higher levels of ketones. Um, so somebody, you know, for example, that is using the diet for cancer <laughs> right. to try to control cancer, um, uh, they would probably want to try to go with the strictest, you know, try to get up there with uh, what children, you know, who are epileptic that are trying to control seizures, you know, trying to get up at the higher end. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, elderly people, you know, who, you know, um, you know, one thing is, you know, somebody that's had a lifelong habit of eating high carbs, are you really going to be able to get them to do a classic ketogenic diet, 90% <laughs> fat? Very unlikely, but right. they can reduce, you know, get rid of the sugary drinks and reduce the simple sugars in the diet and and reduce the refined grains, eat more unrefined, you know, whole, ri- whole grain rice and that kind of thing. And reduce the portions of how much they're eating and increase the amount of healthy fat and land on the maybe the lower end, the mild nutritional ketosis range of 0.5 to 1 millimole or 1.5 millimoles. And if you add MCT oil and coconut oil, it will support that. It will help boost that up even more. Mm. You know, if that's one of the healthy fats you're eating or the, you know, coconut oil and MCT oil that can support, you know, a constant level of ketosis. Um, so, uh, there's kind of a wide spectrum, you know, and people kind of have to decide for themselves, what are their goals? How intensely do they want to get into ketosis? Right. Well, which brings up an interesting question too, which is why all of a sudden do you think the keto, the ketogenic diet is so popular? Because it yeah. is, it is kind of restrictive and intense. Right. Um, it is. and it is, it is a, an about face for what most of us do. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's been a, a whole, uh, host of, um, researchers who have been working on this um 
Dr. Dominic D'Agostino yeah. at University of South Florida, you know, um, he lives very close to me and we met. Um, he recognized Steve and I from that newspaper article I told you about. You know, we're talking, mm-hmm. I think, in early t- 2009. And um, he has just – his lab – is all about ketone research. Right. They are researching many different aspects and many different conditions. And, and he's um, got a really cool grant to try to figure out how to use the key, how to get Navy SEALs into ketosis and, and for right. their performance in the field, which to I try find to protect them. Yeah. 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 When they dive, they use a hundred percent oxygen and there's something called oxygen toxicity. And yeah. after like on a deep dive after 10 or 15 minutes, they could have a seizure. So his he started out, you know, as he came to University of South Florida, finishing his Ph.D., he um, that was his thing was to study um, whether there might be some strategy they could use to prevent these seizures. And so he was working with the ketogenic diet. And then um, the story about Steve and I talked about the ketone ester at the NIH that Dr. Veach had and interviewed Dr. Veach. And he was like, oh, wow, there might be some other possibility here using uh, ketone ester. And so he's been working, doing a lot of work with ketogenic diet, ketone esters, and then they develop ketone salts, which mm. are another exogenous ketone supplement. So just to be um, clear, exo- so yeah. endogenous ketones are are things that your body produces naturally or come from the food right. that you're eating. Exogenous well, yeah. ke- exogenous ketones are the ketones that they're like prepared chemicals that basically go right into your blood and increase your blood ketone levels. Right. So you drink the ketones. The um the main ketone that we're seeing in the supplements are beta is beta hydroxybutyrate. Right. Um, Dominic's ester also has some acetoacetate, which is another ketone that uh, they're related to each other. One can convert easily to the other in our bodies. Mm. So um, with endogenous ketones, it's mo- usually coming from our fat or if you eat MCT or coconut oil, you, you will convert some of that to ketones. So basically the ketones are produced in our body. With exogenous ketones, it's beta hydroxybutyrate as a supplement. So it's either attached to a mineral like sodium, potassium, calcium, magnesium, mm-hmm. or it's made into an ester by attaching it to um, uh, butane diol or making it into a triglyceride. There's another one that may come out soon that's um, beta hydroxybutyrate as a triglyceride. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, these have been in development for a while, um, but they came on the scene about three years ago. In 2016, beginning of 2016, the ketone salts that were developed in uh, uh, Dominic D'Agostino's lab um, became available on the open market. Um, And so this, you know, very quickly interest grew in this. And then people started also, you know, feeling the benefits of the exogenous supplements. And then, you know, looking to the ketogenic diet, a healthier diet, a lower carb diet, you know, to support it. And um, some, you, you can get high ketone levels um, just from taking the supplements. You can get some benefit from that. But the level goes up, peaks at about an hour, and uh, over four or five hours, they're out of your system. Mm-hmm. So um, some of the the various researchers that have been studying these things, including Dominic, say that combining that with uh, um, a ketogenic diet seems to have the most benefit. Right. I mean, and then I, it also, I think it, I think the, I think, how do I put this? I think one of the reasons that the, the supplements are so popular and has increased the popularity is that 
it kind of gives you a way to get deeper into ketosis more quickly because as someone that has been doing it for a while, when you are in ketosis, the feeling is pretty phenomenal. Your brain is firing in a very, very nice way, like a very focused, um, very high-performing way, and your body feels good. I I used to to be able to set a clock, uh, 3 p.m. every single day, I would yawn. I mean, literally, it was like Big Ben. You could set a clock to it just because of my blood sugar cycle. I would always get tired. That yeah. went away when I started doing the ketogenic diet because there is a there is a different level of energy. And I think getting into nutritional ketosis and doing the fasting is really hard for a lot of people. The supplements, uh, uh, supplements really help. And we've had a couple people on the show. We had uh, Dr. Anthony Gustin who created Perfect Keto, which is a salt keto and salt supplement system. And uh, Frank Yosa, who developed uh, Ketone Aid, which is a ketone ester, which is the purest form of ketones you can ingest. Um, and those, uh, I'll, I'll put links to both of those in the show notes. Um, but th- that's those are ways you can feel ketosis without putting. Not that not that we need a quick fix, but you can feel ketosis in in the fastest way possible. I think people being able yeah. to test it out without having to go through like three months of adaptation has helped people has helped people get on that grind. Right. And, um, yeah, um, my husband was, so, uh, Frank Yosa, the ketone aid, Esther is, um, uh, was basically what Dr. Richard Beach was developing at the NIH. And my husband, you know, I said earlier that I maintained, you know, very close contact with Dr. Beach. And, you know, part of the reason I wrote my first book was to try to increase awareness of this ketone ester that right. needed right. funding to, for mass production and clinical trials and all of that. Um, but Steve, um, became the subject of a clinical trial of one, a pilot study, uh, with Dr. Veach's Esther. And this was in 2010. So it was about two years after he started the coconut oil and he had had, um, a setback at that point. And Dr. Veach, they had finished toxicity testing. He had, um, you know, uh, was quite sure that it wouldn't be harmful to Steve. So he said, well, why don't we do a little pilot study? with Steve and he could only make enough for one person in his lab. So he sent us the raw material, <laughs> which wow. tasted just horrible. Oh, it's, it, it tastes like rocket fuel. Like you yeah, accidentally drank like rocket, rocket fuel. fuel. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And so I had to figure out how to make it, you know, palatable. I tried everything we could think of and, you know, and we got it, you know, to tasting reasonable, and, but he would still shudder every time he took it, but he was a trooper. He was still very well aware. He had Alzheimer's. He wanted to fight it, and he was just a willing subject. And mm. um, he even had the fact a that dramatic... he was aware he had Alzheimer's. That's a big step. Yes. Yeah. And he, um, so he he was gung ho for trying it, and we saw changes even the first two hours after mm. he took it. Unbelievable. Uh, he hadn't been able to write out or say the alphabet, for example, for a few months at that wow. point, and it took him twenty minutes. And he tried over and over and over, but he eventually said the whole thing and wrote the whole thing. And just that he could sit there and try for 20 minutes was amazing. Um, and some other things that had happened were that he had started um, having some confusion about his clothes, you know, putting mm-hmm. things on backwards and not picking out, doing a very good job of coordinating things. Seems like a lot of rappers in the 90s had that same problem. Yeah. And he would... Um, you know, I'd have to talk him through shaving, you know, step by step, mm-hmm. you know, things you do automatically your whole life weren't automatic. He had to be coached to go, you know, to take a shower and wash his hair, you know, step by step yeah. by step. And by the next day, that immediately reversed back that he was able to do that for himself. 
Oh, wow. He could do things. He called it, I can do things again, you know, is what he said. And he felt happier. He felt better. He had more energy. And, um, and then we saw over six weeks that he, you know, all the problems that he had had with the setback all reversed and he was, you know, able to get back to like cutting the grass and doing other things like that again, you know, which Unbelievable. Was quite amazing. And, um, and he was sustained for another good 20 months before he had a neck, the next setback. So, you know, it was probably three to four years, um, of better time. quality of life, you know, that we had compared to before we started this. Unreal. You know that he experienced and he was quite advanced you know, he was quite into the disease at the point we started it. So you can only imagine, you know, if somebody's at risk for it and it don't ha- doesn't have it yet. Yeah. If they can get started with, uh, this is a prevention strategy. Yeah. Uh, of, they it, might never of avoiding <laughs> that long-term, avoiding that long-term inflammation that we've been talking right. about. Right. Right. One exactly. of the things that I thought was so powerful in, in your book, the, the complete got book of ketones, which is, if you guys can't tell, very complete. Mary's knowledge uh, is very complete in terms of the ketogenic diet, its benefits. If you are looking for a primer on the ketogenic diet, I cannot recommend this book enough. But one of the things that you have uh, early on in the book are the clocks that Steve had to draw. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that is very powerful. I mean, the, it, you, yeah. uh, you have to look at the pictures in the book, but it, it goes from squiggles that vaguely resemble numbers uh, and vaguely resemble a circle to a circle with the right numbers to what basically is a clock. Um, right. over time. It's, it's really incredible after just 37 days. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, yeah, I, I uh, didn't mention, you know, when he, the day before he started the coconut oil, you know, when he did not qualify for the study, the doctor had him draw a clock and it was about, it was several little tiny circles. It wasn't even one big circle, several mm-hmm. circles and about four numbers, just kind right. of, in this just kind of random pattern. It wasn't organized. And she told me he's on the verge of severe Alzheimer's. Mm. And two weeks later, um, after we started this, he had, you know, as you say, the entire circle. The numbers were organized in the right order all around it. Um, there were like a million hands of the clock. It was really complicated. and But then it cleaned up a lot at 37 days. It was much better, you know, and just amazingly much more organized than it was the day before we started. Well, so that that's a visual that is unmistakable that something happened here. <laughs> it is incredibly powerful. The book is the newest book is the complete book of ketones, a practical guide to the ketogenic diet and ketone supplements. Links to our favorite ketone supplements, including the one that bonded Mary and myself early on, which is uh, ketone aid will be in the show notes. I want to be sensitive to your time, Mary, and, and, and let you go. But, uh, but again, you know, what, what people are noticing, and I think this diet season, this uh, New Year resolution diet, so many people are choosing the ketogenic diet because you burn a lot of fat, right? And you're training your body to burn fat, so therefore right. you're going to have a slimmer waistline. But what we're talking about is a much bigger, uh, much more impactful issue, which is the lack of inflammation and the benefits to your long-term health right. uh, for your brain in particular, associated with the ketogenic diet. And that cannot be, it appears, cannot be overstated. So if you would like to get a book to give yourself an introduction into what the ketogenic diet really is and what ketones really are, I cannot recommend this book highly enough. Mary, I want to thank you so much for your time. If people want to follow up with you, how can they follow up? Um, Well, I have a website. It's um, www.coconut ketones.com. So that's spelled C-O-C-O-N-U-T. K-E-T-O-N-E-S 
coconutketones.com coconutketones.com and I have um, videos I have articles I've written about um, uh, MCT oil coconut oil the various types of uh, exogenous ketone supplements Um, I have many of the scientific articles uh, related to ketones that people can read and you know print out entire articles Um, all of that's you know free information on there and um, you know just uh, you know a a whole lot of information how to you know uh, about my books you know what they're about and how to get those and and that type of thing all right i'll put a link to that website in the show notes mary one last question we ask this to everybody if you could tell everybody to do one habit every single day to completely change their life what would that habit be what would that thing be oh gosh uh get rid of the sugar (laughs) get rid of the the sugary drinks and the the uh the simple sugars in, in the diet and this This episode brought to you by Kool-Aid. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Mary, thank you so much for your time. I'm going to let you go. I know you're busy. And uh, and thanks for this, what is essentially like a a reprimer on the ketogenic diet and uh, and its long-term benefits. It makes me want to double down. So thank you. Yeah, thank you, Gib, for helping me spread the message. Well, you know, in the middle of that whole thing, I, uh, of course, downloaded yet another book on ketones. And I I think this is... uh, I think this is awesome. You know, we've we've needed this interview because I I love the combination of the of the science and and the personal experience. Yes, and she really, I mean, she really really believes that that Alzheimer's uh, could be, if not completely eradicated by this, but but severely delayed. She, I mean, she calls in the interview. She calls Alzheimer's, if you recall, she calls Alzheimer's diabetes of the brain, and and the ketogenic diet can really really uh, help you stave that off. And if you're already starting to have Alzheimer's, can, as, as it happened with her husband, can really help you live, uh, have a higher quality of life for, for more years. I'd love to, I'd love to, you know, t- take a, you know, take a month or so, but come back and, um, and if you guys have, you know, questions, make sure you, you, you leave them for Gib and Dr. Newport and you guys can answer questions too. Yes. Yeah. We, we will absolutely have her on. Coming up, we also have Dr. D'Agostino on the show in the next couple of weeks. Now, now he's the guy that I, I discovered him. Guy. Yeah. I discovered him from, uh, from Tim, uh, Ferris. Tim Ferriss and listened to a couple of podcasts. Yes. Him, yeah. And he's, he does the work with the Navy. He doesn't shows. do a lot of interviews either. He nice does. Job. Uh, yeah. Mary helped me get the interviews. So oh, that's man. great. That's it for our show today. If you have any more questions about the ketogenic diet, we are at facebook.com slash John Tesh all the time, posting videos, responding to questions, responding to posts. Uh, that's a great place to get in touch with us. John is also on Twitter, at John Tesh, on Instagram, at John Tesh underscore IFYL. I am Gib Gerard. You can find me, ask me any question you want at facebook.com slash Gib Gerard. I also respond to every message on Twitter and Instagram, at Gib Gerard on both of those platforms. If you like this show, please, please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. It helps us out a lot. And also, please, please share this with just one person. 